welcome back to Sector One, the first stop you should make for your motorsport fix. I'm Sid, I'm joined with Rhiannon, and we are going to be digesting what was the Japanese Grand Prix. I was a cheat and I didn't watch it live, but Rhiannon, I don't know if you can tell, but she was up for it and she watched it live. I feel like I feel like it's cheating when you watch it back, but unfortunately it had to be done with this one. I think we should get straight into it and go back and start with the pyramid. At the bottom of the pyramid, we have Mr. Checo Perez. Poor qualifying, not too surprising by this point, but then it got a little bit messy during the race, clashed with Hamilton on that one, needed a new front wing for that, and then decided he also wanted to give Kevin Magnussen a little love tap too, and needed another front wing after that. He ended up retiring. Rhiannon, are you bored of Checo's poor performances yet? Are we still going to let this slide? Is it okay that he's he's dnfing still i mean i was thinking about this earlier had this been any other red bull driver they'd have been right out the door it's kind of getting a bit boring because like it would be decent and like he would have a stinking qualifying and then he'd pull it back in the race but now i'm even finding he cannot pull it back in the race and he's just in the nicest way he's just been consistently bad recently that that's the only consistency there has been in Checo's <laughs> performance. Consistent bad races, consistent poor qualifying. <laughs> oh, well, consistent somewhere. I guess he can tick that box at Red Bull. Exactly. But I feel like it, it's just not good enough when you're in the fastest car on the grid. We can go back to the argument, you know, oh, that car's been designed around Max. It's made for him. But a good racing driver can get in any racing car and still manage to drive it. And unfortunately, Checo is not doing that at the minute. Max needs a right-hand man. And unfortunately, he does not have that at the minute. Obviously, um, Red Bull have just won the constructors today. But when you look at the points difference between the two, Max Verstappen's on 400 points. And they're only like 600 and something points in the lead. So Checo hasn't really contributed that much. Imagine if you had a second driver who was performing quite similarly to Max, right behind Max every single race then the points advantage would be significantly different. It's a real shame to see because I think Checo, you know, it was really nice having him get that seat. When he got that, he was coming from a really low place, being kicked out, being replaced, even though he had a contract. But unfortunately, Checo, it's just not good enough. Now, the one other thing we have to talk about with Checo is that he technically retired twice in the race. He retired twice. He had a double DNF in the same race. Very strange. Rhiannon, have you ever seen anything like this before? I've not seen anything like this in Formula One or single-seater racing. I know that it can be a wee bit common in like GT racing, depending on the championship or what's going on, um, but not in Formula One. I mean, at least he's breaking some records, so... <laughs> Oh, goodness. I keep up with Max there. <laughs> it's very strange one, isn't it? So he had... A pe- he had multiple penalties during the race because of the instance he got himself involved in but obviously he didn't actually serve it because there was no need for him to have a pit stop when you're retiring the car but article 54.3 in the sporting regulations says if any of the four penalties above are imposed upon a driver and that driver is unable to serve the penalty due to retirement from the sprint session or the race the stewards may impose a grid place penalty on the driver at his next race Obviously, they use the words may, so it's definitely not set in stone that they'll get a penalty at the next race. But I guess Rebel are just trying to cover their asses with it, trying to make sure that they will not have a penalty for the next race and they'll be able to, you know, be on top form. 
do you reckon the the rules will be tightened up because it's kind of a confusing area, Rhiannon? I think this might shed light to why we might need to change the rules because it's also not great to have a driver that's not competing actually be in the Grand Prix, like going on the track. It's just another risk. It's another like invitation for a collision or something to happen. And so I just think for safety, it probably shouldn't have happened because there's also no way that that car was fixed completely. So I think they need to clear it up. Also, though, I know with Red Bull, they were making sure that getting Checo back on track was not going to affect Max's race at all. So they were looking at the timings, sending him out into the right place. What about a scenario where maybe Max, the person behind him, was pretty close to Max, Max's tail and, you know, there was potentially going to be a battle there? Could they not have just sent Checo out, you know, in the middle of that so that Max would have an advantage if that was the scenario? So surely we could see things like that coming into play with the driver when they DNF as we can still use team tactics. So I hope we figure out that grey area around that because I was pretty confused. Moving on though, <laughs> let's go on to next on the pyramid. Brings me pain, but it's Williams. We've got the Williams drivers because it, it wasn't great for them. It really was not a good weekend. Albon and Sargent both DNFing. Albon got himself involved with that incident right at the beginning of the race, made contact with Bottas. He damaged his floor and just he wasn't anywhere in the race. There was not much point in him carrying on. And it was a pretty similar story for Logan Sargent. He locked up, tagging Valtteri Bottas into a little bit of a spin too. Williams said they've retired due to progressive damage from their respective incidents. But you're running at the back anyway, so there's not too much point carrying on. I think Sargent's had the worst weekend out of the two, wrecking his car before setting a lap in quali. The whole car had to be rebuilt. And then he also got a penalty because of a third car breach, which is all very, very confusing. Rhiannon Williams, do they need to get better? Do they need to just not put themselves into the places where there is carnage going on? Because, you know, they have improved the season, Albon specifically. I think they've definitely improved this season. Albon's been kind of, for the car that he's been driving, in a league of his own. And I think you can definitely see what James Bills has is, uh, is brought to the team. I mean, it's a completely different dynamic. And I think he's got a huge part to play in their success. But I think it was maybe a wee bit more misfortune for Alex because we've not seen much go wrong for him this season. But for Logan, it's like, the drama is just wherever he is, <laughs> sort of thing. Like, um, I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago, and it's like, at what point that people are very quick to judge Latifi and how he drove and his sort of like talent, but no one's saying the same when arguably Logan Sargent's been performing the same as him. And you've got to think with cost caps in place teams only have a certain amount of money now they cannot be wasting money on different parts of the cars all the time they want to be putting that money into upgrades and unfortunately at the minute with Logan Sargent having so much damage happen to that car they just can't put the money into upgrades and so it comes to that point at what point do we say Logan Sargent being the American driver having the whole of the US backing him that money isn't necessarily going to be enough for what they need because they need a driver who can also help them progress the car. And at the minute, I don't think Logan Sargent is ticking that box at all. Now, I felt mean about putting this one up next because it's still on the bottom row. He had a bad race, 
but it wasn't necessarily his fault. But someone has to be there. It had to be someone. And unfortunately, this week, it is Mr. Valtteri Bottas. Double Q1 elimination for him and his teammate, Joe Guan Yu. Involved in the opening lap multi-car contact on the run to Turn 1 with Albon and Ocon. Survived that, was then sent into a spin by Logan Sargent. Car was, as he described, undrivable, and they retired the car. It just was not a lucky weekend for Valtteri, and unfortunately the car's not where they want it to be. They were hoping for improvements, but it did not happen this weekend. I hope it happens for him because we know the talent Bottas is. He can he can be winning races. We've seen it with Mercedes, but he's in an Alfa Romeo. He's not going to be winning there soon, but you'd hope he would be able to get consistent points. It's not looking good. Were you disappointed for Bottas this weekend, Rhiannon? I'm always quite disappointed for him because I just feel like the team's been nowhere this this whole season. They're kind of just, if I'm honest, you just forget about them a wee bit, which is a shame because we know that he can put in good performances and he can really show what talent he has. And the same says for his teammate, for Juan Yuzo. It's, it's just a shame that it's almost like he gets caught in a lot of bad luck as well, like getting tagged with Logan Sargent and uh, different mechanical failures, etc. But... I just feel so sorry for him because it's just not going well at all for him. I know, it's not. It, I think in in a positive way, though, I feel like Bottas has been the perfect driver for Joe Guanyu to learn from and Alfa Romeo to also learn a little bit from too because mm-hmm. he's obviously the driver who's most recently had success at you know in that team. It's just unfortunate that he's not able to get that performance out of the car Moving on, though, because I need some positivity in my life. I need to be speaking positively. So let's go up on the pyramid. We have got Lando Norris finished the race P2. Fast all weekend, fast in qualifying. He was the only one who managed to bring a little bit of a challenge to Max at the weekend. Quickest reaction off of the line two. Obviously, he didn't manage to lead the race. But Lando Norris coming home in P2, that's something to be really proud of when you look at what that McLaren was like at the start of the season. I think the McLarens have certainly improved at these high-speed tracks. We saw in Silverstone, we've now seen it again in Suzuka. The car's looking good, the car is looking fast, and the pace is translating across from qualifying to the race as well. It's a dream world for McLaren at the minute, and we're just all getting to watch and experience it. I'm very happy for them. Rhiannon, what did you think of Lando's performance? I think you can just see how much of like a very well-rounded driver he's becoming. Like, he's the McLaren's obviously this the start of the season was in no man's land, and now obviously the team have been able to bring upgrades. But with that, he's also been able to give the team that consistent performances, not making too many mistakes, and he's just you can just see his talent progressing and being able like he's learning all the steps that he needs to learn at this stage for when he does have that championship winning car. Now on to who is second on the pyramid this week. It is Lando Norris's teammate, Oscar Piastri. And the only reason Oscar is higher than Lando, despite finishing behind Lando, is purely because he's a rookie. This is his first season in Formula One and he's managed to claim his first Formula One podium at, quite frankly, a tricky and quite scary circuit kept his cool all the way through, qualified on the front row in P2 as well for the first time also, didn't lose his head at all, managing to bring the car back home in P3. I just think you've got to be so proud of yourself for doing that at this kind of circuit anyway, let alone in your rookie year. It's incredible. I can't believe this guy 
was close to not having a seat when he left, left Formula 2. He did not have a Formula 1 seat. It was left on the sidelines at Alpine. Alpine were going to bring him in this year. Lots of controversy going along with that, though. But he's at McLaren, and he's absolutely killing it. He's had his contract renewed as well. I think that will be helping him, making him feel a lot more positive. What made me laugh, though, is Zach Brown said, like, thank God the contract had already been signed because Oscar Piastri would be asking for a whole lot more money now that he's got himself a podium. But it's great to see. Very, very happy for him. Rhiannon, are you shocked to see Oscar Piastri as a rookie doing so well? Or did you just know it was going to happen? I'm shocked, but I'm not. Because I kind of had a feeling at the start of the season that maybe wasn't going to be this driver that he's been living up, like that he was sort of made out to be, like one in F3 in one year, F2 in one year. And I think very quickly you saw that that wasn't going to be the case. And kind of from there, you've you've just seen that he is just as good as everyone's been saying he is sort of thing. But I think it's just been such a good week for him. His contract is extended. They got he's brilliant in qualifying. You just saw like the joy and happiness from his team and his mum on Twitter. And I think it's just been, it's been a, a long time coming, but also it's his rookie season, so not really. But compared to where Lando's obviously been, it's it's just been a matter of, getting there really it's nice to see the two drivers at mclaren be pretty balanced in terms of performance we haven't got one driver on the podium and then one at the other end of the grid it's good to see them both both doing well for once let's go on to the top of the pyramid was going to play a drum roll effect but just getting used to this new software and quite frankly don't know where it is right now but top of the podium we have of course max verstappen like we said, only challenged on lap one, turn one by Lando Norris and, you know, obviously fended it off very, very well. His win never looked in doubt. Quickest all weekend. Is it truly going to be anyone else? Even though they had that setback in Singapore with having an awful race weekend, they've managed to bounce back. Of course, we were all expecting it. A circuit which definitely, definitely suits their car and Max Verstappen back on top. I say it every time we talk about Max, he is in a league of his own, absolutely smashing it, dominating every single race apart from Singapore. Rhiannon, what do you make of it? Will his reign ever stop? I honestly, I think it will stop when Red Bull can't keep up anymore. I don't think it's going to be a matter of his talent. I think it's going to be a matter of Red Bull get it wrong. I think it's a bit like Sebastian Vettel's talent never went, but the team just couldn't keep up with it. It's honestly incredible to see Max being able to do this. And if I was him, I would be pretty bored of the success right now. But hats off to him managing to do it every single weekend. Well, that is the pyramid. Let's move on to our race recap. Let's talk about Alpine then, because even though they weren't necessarily high up, high finishes during the race, a little bit of little bit of drama going on at Alpine camp between their two drivers. I don't think we should really be surprised by that kind of information because of the driver's history. But yes, a little bit of controversy there. And that is due to a little old thing called team orders that we love talking about so much. So basically, apparently, the two drivers, Gasly and Ocon, had this kind of agreement before the race that if one driver undercut the other, whoever was undercut would be able to claim the position back. They would do a little swapsie. And yes, they both started outside the points, both managed to get into it. Gasly qualified ahead. That's important to note. And then Ocon undercut Gasly. But then Gasly was like, I'm faster. I want to be able to overtake Fernando Alonso. And so they were like, yeah, 
you go, you go. But they said to Ocon over the radio that you will get the position back if Gasly fails to overtake Alonso. Gasly, unfortunately, didn't manage to get Fernando Alonso, but he was never told that he would have to give the position back if he didn't do so. And so literally final lap, final corner, Gasly is made to give the position back to Fernando Alonso, Fernando Alonso, Esteban Ocon, and also gave his teammate the finger as he went round. I just find it so funny that we're trying to do team orders with these two drivers with this kind of history. I feel like these two guys, you just need to leave them to it, let it race before they start hating each other again. Team orders, Rhiannon, though, in general, are you a fan of it? I'm not really a fan of team orders, if I'm honest. I think in certain situations where it's like championships are involved, uh, like towards the tail end of it, i.e. like 2021 with Checo and Max, like that's understandable, but other than that, not really, because it's just why wouldn't you just let them race? And I, I get it's all about maximum points, gets points as money and all that sort of thing, but it's not what I want to watch. <laughs> I want to watch them like scrap it out, you know. <laughs> and like you said, is they're not fighting for anything big in the championship at the minute, and those two positions had a point between them one singular point that neither of them really need for any of their battles and the team were going to get all of those three points anyway so it didn't really matter where they finish in terms of the team fight so it just felt a little bit pointless and if you're not gonna if you're gonna tell one driver one thing at least relay that message at the same time because if Gasly knew that he might have been like nah screw that I don't want to have to give the position back to him if if I fail to do it I'll just race him instead very very strange situation communication errors I would have to say. Now we spoke about Piastri extending his contract. Now I was just wondering, had he have gone to Alpine, never sat on the fence, not on the fence, on the bench, if he had not sat on the bench in that year and he would have been given that Alpine seat straight away, Rhiannon, do you think he would be having the same performance as what he's having at McLaren had he have been able to jump straight into that Alpine? I think he would be extracting as much performance out of the car as he would be doing, but I think it just would have been down to the team that he, that he wouldn't have been doing as well. Yeah, McLaren started on the back foot, but now they're head and heels above Alpine, so right now it is looking like, I guess, the better move for him. But I think his talent's always there. I think he's he's just got it in him. He doesn't need to sort of... like. Not develop it in the way, but like he doesn't need to work on it. I think it's just genuinely pure talent that he, he was born with. <laughs> now let's talk about another driver with pure talent that he was probably born with, Liam Lawson. Now he got his first Formula One first Formula One points last weekend in Singapore, and today he finished P eleven with his teammate Yuki Tsunoda in P twelve behind him. Now, if you you might have missed it because the announcement was at one a.m. on Saturday. But Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo are confirmed as AlphaTauri's lineup for 2024, meaning Liam Lawson has pretty much been snubbed by that kind of organisation. He does not have a seat despite his insane performances. This man literally jumped in an F1 car and is just driving. He's not been doing anything much. He's been in a different category and he's managed to jump into an F1 car and perform this well. And we're not giving him a full-time F1 seat? Are we crazy? I'm holding out for Williams. I'm hoping they're going to put him in that seat just so that he's on the grid next year. But I love Daniel Ricciardo. I think he's an incredible driver. I think he brings so much more to the sport than just his talent in terms of his 
comedic genius, shall we say. Um, and Yuki Tsunoda, yeah, he's funny, but his performance has not been there. He had a he had a DNS, then a DNF, and then today failed to finish ahead of his teammate. I just think maybe, just maybe Liam Lawson could replace Yuki Tsunoda. If it was my choice, that's what I would have done. Rhiannon, would you swap Liam Lawson for Yuki or Daniel? I think that's a difficult one because I think there's points on both sides. I mean, I think it's quite obvious in a way that Yuki's there because of Honda and I wouldn't be surprised that at the end of 25 if they left because obviously Honda won't be continuing with Red Bull. Um, But then again, he has had decent performances. He's just not consistent at having decent performances. But then there's a question of do you put Liam Lawson and Daniel Ricciardo's seat because he has that Red Bull nurture talent. He's been he's waited this time for the seat. He's proven that he deserves it, um, and that he's fast. But then it's like, well, Daniel's incredible for media uh, purposes. He's a really good driver. He's going to bring a lot of popularity to the team. Loads of sponsors, sponsors his money. It's just going to make for a better team at AlphaTauri. But he's at the end of his career in the nicest way. He's. He's at the tail end of his career, so it's do you put your money in sort of the past or the future? Yeah, I completely get that. But then again, I feel like having Daniel Ricciardo in the Alpha Tower seat scares Checo a little bit. It makes him think, oh, they're coming for me. So if we got rid of Daniel, I fear we missed that. I know we haven't seen him. I think. If this announcement had to come out and Daniel Ricciardo had been in these last three races, we wouldn't be having the same conversation now being like, does Daniel Ricciardo really deserve that seat despite his age? Because we would have been able to see his performance. We would either be saying, get him out of the seat because he's awful, he's past <laughs> his time, he's washed up. Or we'd be saying, oh my goodness, keep him in there, Yuki Tsunoda, you need to get him out of the seat and someone else in. So it's, I think it's just really interesting and I hope, Liam Lawson gets AC I think it'd be such such a shame to see him get snubbed and miss out because the talent is truly truly there please I'm praying to the race gods Logan Sargent out Liam Lawson in I want to hear it by the weekend (laughs) I think they would be I think Williams would be so 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 silly to miss out on this opportunity like he's been nurtured for the Red Bull program he's been put in the race seat he knows what he's doing he had he shows so so much potential whereas arguably Logan Sargent doesn't really show any and then at the end of the day the best solution for me would be Max and Daniel partner you can lean partner yeah what about (laughs) if like Red Bull are just like sat there laughing at us all because they're like little do you guys know we've already kicked (laughs) Checo out and we've signed Liam in the seat like you all look like idiots complaining about it right now (laughs) One can dream. (laughs) Well, we will see shortly as to whether our wishes come true. Please, please, please. That's pretty much all that happened during the race. It wasn't, it wasn't the most exciting one of the season. I think nothing really is going to beat the Singapore Grand Prix this year. Rhiannon, out of 10, what are you rating the race? Do you know what? I'll rate it a good seven and a half. I think there was a lot going on. There was a lot of points raised. I just think it was a really good weekend. I really enjoyed the track. We've not even spoke about it. Red Bull Constructors Champions. Oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) How can we forget about that? (laughs) I know number six is it. We're on there. Yes, I know. They're sixth Constructors Champion. They've 
reclaimed it. They didn't have to get rid of last year's. They can keep the trophy. They don't need to send it off. Well, they probably do need to send it off, you know, to get the little yeah. <laughs> thingy my bob written in it. Um, engraved, that's the word. There you go. Uh, but at least they don't have to say goodbye just yet. But at the same time, Max kind of won the Constructors' Championship by himself. See, if you look at it, I think... Uh, Max Verstappen has more points than Mercedes and the constructors. Like Max Verstappen alone has more points than Mercedes. I'm, as I'm about to confirm or deny this. I okay, know it was yeah. the case last week. I don't know if it's this week, depending on yeah, how many Mes- points. Mercedes have 305 points in the constructors' championship. And in the drivers' championship, Max Verstappen is sitting pretty with 400 points. So he is winning yeah. by himself. <laughs> He's actually just won it all. I would, it'll be interesting to see if that keeps up to the end of the season, though. I wonder I if there is any other driver who's ever done that before. I think it's got to have been, like... If it's happened, it's Seb or Michael. It's yeah, not happened that often. Nah, it's been because a one-off. <laughs> yeah, if you look at Lewis Hamilton's championships, he usually had, like, Bottas behind him, right, with quite quite a significant amount of points, obviously not as mm-hmm. close. And then it was a little bit tighter with other teams, with like Ferrari at least being somewhere. Um, but yeah, Red Bull 2023 Constructors Championship Champions of the World. Right, Rhiannon, I need to know your hit or miss, your best driver of the day and your worst driver of the day. I Max, usual. <laughs> I'm putting Max at the top um, because, I mean, Ali Givazzoni's his back in top, messed with his head. He's just came back and got on with it. Um, and I think my miss is Checo because he's in the top team and you would think that he's in a midfield team with his performances basically overall this year. So that's my hit and my miss. I can respect those this weekend. I'm going to go pretty basic too. I'm going to put Oscar Piastri as my hit because I think rookie. He's a rookie driver performing like he's been in the sport for a good few years, bringing it to his teammate who's been here a while as well. And then for my miss, I'm going to chuck Logan Sargent there just because I think you're wasting the team's money by this point with the amount of damage that that car is sustaining not only did it get destroyed in qualifying but then it also sustained damage in the race itself and with a team like Williams they really don't need that at the minute they really need to carry on building themselves up because they have been improving they have been getting better we need that to carry on I want that trajectory to carry on going up and I fear it's not at the minute Well, that has been the Japanese Grand Prix review. I do apologise for my lack of English knowledge this week. Do you know what? We're trying new software out. You probably can tell. And my head's scrambled because of it. Honestly, what what a day. I miss Zoom, but going to stick it out. We're going to get better. I'm going to get better at this. Don't worry. Rhiannon, thank you so much for being here as per usual. Thank you all for listening and or watching. We'll be back talking motorsport again very, very soon. Goodbye.